0: Ho, ho, ho! Gentlemen, the holidays came early here at Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched new products, including their all new ultra premium body wash and a two in one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself or someone who needs it the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this holiday season. Go to Manscaped and use the code 20GOBLUE for 20% off plus free shipping. Manscaped actually sent me their two for one shampoo and conditioner. I have nice long hair. If you notice in our videos and interviews, I have a nice little man bun. So I need my shampoo and conditioner. And the Manscaped two for one is amazing. Make sure to get it, get 20% off, and free shipping with the code 20 blue at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code 20 blue Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. All right, guys, let's dive into Michigan recruiting. The Wolverines got a nice somewhat late night surprise on Tuesday as four-star Chicago linebacker Jimmy Rolder gave the Wolverines a verbal pledge. Big land for Michigan. Um, Let's go ahead and break him down a little bit. Let's start off with Rolder's game. So what exactly is Michigan getting in Rolder. This is a guy that was one of the hottest recruits in the country uh, over the last couple of months. He kind of came out of nowhere. I, I talked about Rolder on this podcast not too long ago. Kind of mentioned that I've been out to his high school, Chicago Maris, which is actually playing in the state semifinals this weekend. Uh, really strong program. It was home to to elite 2023 wide receiver Carnell Tate before he transferred to IMG Academy. Uh, Had some other really talented prospects like Coastal Carolina quarterback commit, uh, Dontrell Jackson, Northwestern offensive line commit, Deuce McGuire. Uh, it, it consistently churns out D1 talent. Michigan offered Pat Coogan, uh, an offensive lineman out of Maris last cycle. He ended up uh, committing to Notre Dame, but point is, this is a really, really good program. So I, I visited Marist on on multiple occasions, and I always, you know, when, vi- when I visit schools, like to ask who's kind of next, who's up and coming, and Rolder was just never mentioned. This is a kid that uh, wasn't even a full-time linebacker until this spring season. You know, Chicago canceled last fall, so they had a four-game spring season. Rolder actually played more of a tight end, fullback hybrid role i guess you could call it sort of an it's not really an h-back position but sort of an h-back position um and he didn't really start playing linebacker full-time until that spring season he put up some really good senior tape and all of a sudden it was just kind of a flurry of offers illinois minnesota michigan iowa ohio state came in he got a little more national with florida tcu uh, so he really, really blew up on the recruiting trail and he's the definition of a late riser, a guy that has all the athletic tools. Again, he was an Illinois baseball commit. So to be a baseball commit at that high of a level, um, you have to be a pretty good athlete. And so he's kind of that, you know, we see it every cycle, just one of those guys that comes out of nowhere that has all the athletic ability, but was just a really late bloomer, didn't play the position he was projected to at the college level uh, until late in his high school career, and just really blossomed as a senior. Uh, And, you know, even though Michigan wasn't the first to identify Rolder, I thought they were in on him fairly early. Jim Harbaugh personally called him, extended the offer, Uh, right before Michigan's bye week. Then Mike McDonald, during the bye week, drove out to Chicago and and saw him in game action. And the Wolverines just did an excellent job of recruiting him. Uh, George Hilo, Mike McDonald, uh, Jim Harbaugh were all really, really involved in this recruitment. Rolder's a really, really smart kid as well. So even though Ohio State was there, and make no mistake about it, Ohio State wanted this kid. They got him on campus. Uh, He he really enjoyed his time in Columbus. They made him a priority. They also saw him during their own bye week. Uh, But Michigan just checked a lot of boxes for Rolder. Rolder is a kid that doesn't just care, you know, about playing at a football factory. He wants to go to a program that can not only develop him as a football player, which Michigan can. Obviously, they put guys in the NFL year in and year out and one of the top schools in doing so. But what Michigan offers that Ohio State doesn't is an elite education. I mean, Michigan is one of the best schools nationally, public or private, and the number one public school in the country. So that really, really held a lot of value to Rolder when he looked at this decision-making process. So when I caught up with him uh, about a week and a half ago, he told me education is one of my big factors and and, you know a lot of times recruits say that and they don't really mean it rolder really meant it he's a 4.0 gpa student he he loves what michigan can offer him not only from an academic perspective but just life after football the the opportunities the alumni network that's all something that really really played a role with him so yeah michigan just checked all the boxes he loved his time in ann arbor he visited for the game against northwestern and you know, to, to kind of, again, go back to him as a player, I got a little off track there. But to go back to him as a player, uh, he's 6'2", 220 right now. He looks like a big kid. You know, when I talked to his head coach, uh, uh, Coach Dawzak, he told me uh, he actually w- went to one of Maris's baseball games this spring and was like is that third baseman jimmy rolder he looks like a major leaguer and he's gotten even bigger since then uh and still even at 6'2 220 he looks really really good at that size but he still has the frame to add more weight this is a guy that can continue to be athletic and be comfortable uh playing at about 245 pounds i mean he, he really can add another 20 25 pounds to his frame the Michigan strength and conditioning program is great. Ben Herbert does a, a fantastic job of working with guys in their body. So I think from just a pure physical attribute standpoint, Rolder checks that box, and uh, he is he is deceptively athletic. You know, when you look at him on the hoof, he's not a super athlete like a uh, a super athlete at the linebacker spot like a uh, Joshua Burnham, who you can tell right away, like man, this guy is. An athletic as hell. He's more of a deceptive athlete, but he's a really, really good one. Uh, like I said, he was an Illinois baseball commit, and I love guys that can play baseball at a high level. I think a lot of the skill set that you use as a baseball player translates really well to the football field. So that's a big plus for me. And I, even though he's not, uh, I think he compliments guys in the class well, right? So you have Aaron Alexander, you have Deuce Spurlock. These are more project types that are really, really comfortable moving in space. We talk about speed and space on offense. That mantra should shift over to the defensive side of the ball, right? Mike McDonald's defense is really based on being able to play in space. So Deuce Spurlock, Aaron Alexander, those guys are really comfortable playing in space. They're both kind of converted running backs, and uh, they just have plenty of speed. is uh, comfortable playing in space. He'd go sideline to sideline well, but he's more physical. He's more filled out. He fills gaps quickly. He dissects the offense better. Uh, he He's a guy that's a more traditional inside linebacker. He's everything you want in that big smash-mouth, Big Ten type of backer. And when I talked to Rolder about his recruitment, it was always apparent that he wanted to play in the Big Ten because he, he thought he could fit that role. He said, I want to play physical smash-mouth football. And that's exactly what he's going to do in the Big Ten and at Michigan. So I think he can, you know, fill one of those inside linebacker roles uh, perfectly. And I think, again, he's a great compliment uh, as a bigger, you know, physical hitter. He's a great compliment to more speedier, athletic guys in Alexander and Spurlock. Uh, but again, that's not to take away from him. He's still a really good athlete, he's still comfortable in space. I think with Jimmy, it's all about uh, it's all about his upside, right? He's only been focused on being a linebacker for about a year, so some of the things I notice in game is he still has a little bit of trouble shedding blocks. He doesn't really you know use his wrong arm too well when he's facing poolers. Uh, a lot of times he gets caught up in traffic, but I think just the awareness uh, is going to come with Jimmy as he continues to play the linebacker spot and he's progressing rapidly hence why his recruitment blew up but another thing that really excites me about Jimmy uh playing at Michigan is he's a high IQ kid right so he has a high football IQ he's really smart in the classroom like I mentioned 4.0 kid um but why I think he's gonna excel is because he has a coach and a teacher who's also kind of uh, a Genius in his own right. And Mike McDonald, who really, really, you know, doesn't have this tremendous football background, but is a a big student of the game who has obviously turned around Michigan's defense. I think those two are going to complement each other really well. Uh, I think Jimmy's going to learn a lot from Mike McDonald. I think Mike McDonald's going to get the best out of Jimmy. I think Jimmy's going to make Mike look good. And I think Mike's going to make Jimmy look good. And so uh, I think that McDonald, you know, who doesn't have a ton of experience as a recruiter, really, really played a big role here. I think those two meshed well. And I think both are really smart guys that can feed off of each other. And when I talked to um, when I talked to Jimmy's stepfather, Scott Keogh, who played uh, in the NFL against, uh, Jim Harbaugh, actually, actually, they played against each other. Uh, Scott was at Illinois. Uh, Jim was at Michigan, obviously. And so they played against each other throughout college. And, uh, Scott spent some time with the dolphins, obviously, uh, Jim Harbaugh spent some time with, uh, various teams, including the Chicago bears. So, um, anyway, I, I, you know when I talked to Scott he talked a lot about Harbaugh obviously through those mutual connections but he also talked a lot about Mike McDonald and just the job he did recruiting the family and so yeah I think McDonald deserves a lot of credit for winning over uh Jimmy Rolder and again this is a head-to-head win against Ohio State this is a kid to get really really excited about you don't see Michigan uh, winning a lot of head-to-head battles on the recruiting trail against Ohio State these days, that's, you know, as much as it sucks to hear, that's just kind of the way things stand right now with Michigan not having beaten Ohio State in, you know, 10 years or whatever it is. So I think that it's always huge when Michigan can get a kid that Ohio State values, especially with the level that Ohio State has been recruiting at over the last few years and it is a a week ahead of the game so that's always a plus as well so how about Michigan taking down Ohio State winning over Jimmy Rolder sooner than expected too I I thought Michigan had a really good spot or a a really good chance at at landing Jimmy uh, but I always I was always wary of Ohio State uh, but the Wolverines closed and so you know a, a ton of kudos to the staff for doing so um let's go ahead and move on to uh we'll have a who's next story over at the wolverine uh if you haven't subscribed to the you can do so right now it's one year for one dollar all you have to do is go over to the Click the little banner at the top. It's one year, one dollar, and you can get access to all our premium content. So I'll have a who's next story over at the Wolverine. But let's talk about what's kind of next in 2022. What does the overall recruiting picture look like? So right now, Michigan is up to 18 commits. Um, that leaves about six spots open right now. So how is Michigan going to fill those six spots? Obviously, one of those spots is going to go to wide receiver. Michigan only has one wide receiver committed right now, and that is Tyler Morris, who is coming off a torn ACL. Michigan needs to find a late wide receiver ad or two. Could be one It could be two. Um, the guys on the board there, Amorian Walker, who's committed to Notre Dame, should be coming in for the game against Ohio State. I still think Michigan is in a decent spot to flip him from the Irish. And then Caleb Webb, a uh, four-star receiver out of Georgia. Our Tim Geese was out to see him over the weekend. I think that one's Michigan-Tennessee right now. I would give Tennessee the overall edge, but Michigan battling there. Uh, the Wolverines have hosted him for an official visit. And they are working on his teammate, um, Coastal Carolina quarterback commit, Bryce Archie. So, uh, you know, adding a receiver, that's a priority for sure. Adding another defensive lineman, that's another priority. So we had a pretty big shakeup today as, you know, I'm recording this on Tuesday night. Pretty big shakeup today as Jeffrey Embaugh, uh, who was once considered a Michigan lean, uh, the one of the first kids, one of the first Juco kids Michigan has offered in a long, long time um, has flown off the board completely, was scheduled to visit for Ohio State, like I said, really high on Michigan, and then completely off the board. Um, no longer visiting Michigan, no longer considering missions. Some of that had to do with academics. Um, you know, there's a reason Michigan doesn't really go after junior college kids uh it, it's tough to get through Michigan admissions we all knew that was a possibility when Michigan offered I I felt like Michigan was going to land Emba as long as everything checked out obviously it did not and so now he is off the board so the focus really comes to Dion Walker who <laughs> as I first reported was on campus for the basketball game on Tuesday night um Got a chance. He got a chance to hang out with Sean Nua at the game. They they watched the game together. Um, the Wolverines obviously pressing to keep the Castech product at home. Michigan had a lead, uh, a big lead for Dion Walker this summer, but his interest in playing in the SEC only grew. Kentucky built up a ton of momentum and got him on campus for a visit. Georgia is slated to get him on campus for a visit this weekend. Um Alabama's still keeping him warm as well. Missouri got him on campus for an official visit. So he has genuine SEC interest from uh some really good programs. But you know, I, I get the Dion question all the time. Like I I do fear the SEC schools uh covering recruiting in the South for uh quite a long time. I know to respect the SEC schools and what they can bring to the table, but with Michigan, I mean, I, I still feel like there's a good chance Michigan wins him over at the end. I mean, the relationships are there. Michigan offered him extremely early. They've done a nice job at recruiting out of Cass Tech um, historically and recently. The Again, the relationships are there. Sean Nua has been in contact with him forever. He made a, a covert midweek visit for the basketball game last night. Um, he's expected to be back on campus for... The Ohio State game, Michigan still can host him for an official visit in December, and I think they'll get him in last. And so, yeah, I still think Michigan can win over Dion Walker. He's the number one priority on the defensive line board and one of the top overall uh, priorities in general. So I think Michigan can fend off the SEC schools and win him over on early signing day. Right now, Dion Walker doesn't have a decision time frame, but I think he'll probably take it. All the way to signing day, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we have uh, a signing day decision with Dion. Um, you know, a, aside from Dion, Michigan has a new target on the board. So Emba flew off the board earlier today, and Michigan extended an offer to Lamar Law, uh, who is currently committed to Virginia Tech out of the state of Virginia. Um, with Law, you know, we're still gathering information. This is a new offer. Uh, Law was a prospect that Michigan was interested in earlier this cycle. Nothing really came of it. So I still need to gather more on Law and see exactly where he stands on the board. But he's a prospect that Michigan has been keeping tabs on uh, for a while. He's a Virginia kid uh, who seems pretty solid to Virginia Tech. So it'll be interesting to see if Michigan gets him in for a visit next weekend or, or potentially in December before the uh, dead period comes into effect. Um, but he's the other guy on the board, and I wouldn't be surprised if um, a few others pop up here I- in the next few days. Um, so aside from wide receiver and defensive line, adding another defensive back this cycle is a priority as well. Yes, Michigan has four commitments there already. Miles Pollard... Will Johnson, Cody Jones, and Damani Dent. But you did have Miles Pollard visit Auburn this weekend. I'm not too worried there. I am a little more concerned about Cody Jones, who made yet another trip to Tennessee. So keeping him in the fold is a priority. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there are some others on the board. Zeke Barry is, is a prospect that Michigan really, really likes. Uh, four-star prospect out of California, powerhouse program De Um uh, Right now, Michigan, Oregon... Doing battle yet again for another safety prospect. Michigan working to get him on campus for the game next weekend. He's already taken an official visit to Oregon. Right now I would give Oregon the edge, but Barry's never visited Michigan. So I think a Michigan visit can really uh, change the dynamics of his recruitment. I really love Barry. I'm glad that uh, On3 rated him as a four-star prospect. I went out to San Francisco to see him this fall. He did get injured while I was out there, but... Uh, just the little I saw and from what I've seen on tape and from talking to some sources out in Northern California, um, there's a lot to like about Zeke Berry. So I'm really excited about him um, and, and he's a, a, a big, big target uh, left on the board. Michigan's still working on Austin Osbury, uh an on 300 prospect out of Louisiana, obviously Ron Bellamy. Has strong ties uh, in the boot. He's a a New Orleans native, and so he's connected to Osbury on a personal level. On top of that, Osbury made an unofficial visit to Michigan uh, for the game against Washington. The Wolverines pushing to get him back on campus uh, for the game. I'm not exactly sure that will happen. I'm doing some more digging on Osbury, and we'll likely have an update on him tonight uh trying to see exactly where he stands on the board but uh or where he stands with michigan he is a priority on the board so those are you know positions of need right now outside of that you know michigan's taking more um luxury recruitments luxury recruitment approaches um you I guess you could say offensive tackle is a a key priority. Michigan has commitments from Alessandro Lorenzetti and Connor Jones, but there's only one guy on the offensive line board, and that's Josh Connerly. I think a lot of people are penciling in Connerly in the class. I have Connerly penciled in the class. I think Michigan closes and lands him. uh, Five-star offensive tackle out of Seattle uh, would be a huge land. I think Michigan has the, the clear lead right now ahead of the early signing period, but Regional programs continue to push. Oregon's getting a little more involved. USC doesn't really have a coach, and neither does Washington, so I'm not too concerned about those regional programs. But I am keeping an eye on Oregon and, uh, you know, also keeping an eye to see if Oklahoma or Alabama get a little more involved. Both of those schools have shown interest as well. But uh, I'm, I'm, you know, fairly confident in – I don't really have a pick-in for Connerly right now because on three uh, doesn't have their – um pick i think it's going to be called like the uh forecast the forecast machine or something like that don't quote me um but they don't have their forecast machine set up yet so i don't have a pick but if it was set up i would definitely have a pick in for josh connerly to land at michigan nothing too concerning uh with connerly right now um but aside from that it's more luxury recruitments uh like i said michigan is recruiting bryce archie uh, who is committed to Coastal Carolina. So adding another quarterback to go along with Denegal, who's more of an upside take, is a potential play. Um, Archie did make an official visit to Michigan, uh, but we're, we're kind of seeing how things shake out from a numbers standpoint. Uh, they could add another running back. Uh, the Wolverines just offered... Justin Williams, a couple of weeks ago, who's committed to West Virginia. Right now, Tennessee is in the best spot to flip him, but Michigan is pushing to get him in for an official visit next weekend for the game against Ohio State. Uh, we talked about wide receiver, uh, tight ends. Michigan already has two committed. Offensive line, we just talked about. Uh, defensive line, we just talked about. Edge rushers, uh, look, with Michael Pollard kind of being a tweener, a guy that could be an edge rusher, an inside linebacker, Or, or you know, really play any of the linebacker spots. I think another edge is possible. Obviously, Michigan would love to have Joshua Josephs. I'm not sure how likely that is right now. Michigan obviously built some some momentum early on in his recruitment, but has faded a little bit. It looks like Tennessee um, has more buzz right now. Um, But you know, we'll see if anything changes there. Uh, Joseph's is looking to make a decision soon, like before the end of the month. Uh, so that's something to watch. I, I don't have a lot of confidence there right now, uh, but Michigan continuing to work on him, uh, North Carolina commit, Bo Atkinson is another guy that Michigan has flirted with. Remember Michigan was in his top two before he decided to stay closer to home. Obviously North Carolina not having a great year and relationships are there. So he is still, uh, someone to watch. Linebacker is pretty much done. You have Rolder, you have Spurlock, you have Aaron Alexander. Uh, We just talked about DBs. Uh, So that's kind of uh, the the state of the union, I guess, right now. Um, That was off the top of my head, so I'm not sure if I missed anybody. Um, But that's where things stand. I would say Michigan would like to take about 24 and explore the transfer portal as well. So Aside from, uh, you know, the commitment and the spots left, I I didn't want to really touch on my time on the road. I had an opportunity to go around the area, I guess. I I really didn't go very far. So what happened was I was supposed to uh, go out to Jacksonville to see Micah Pollard last weekend and then fly from Jacksonville to Boston to see Alessandro Lorenzetti. But I actually caught the flu Don't worry, Um, I don't have COVID. I'm vaccinated, and I did take a COVID test. came back negative, so ended up with the flu, which sidelined me. Um, And then I I canceled the Jacksonville portion, and I was like, all right, I'm going to go to Boston. I'm going to go see Alessandro Lorenzetti because nobody's really seen Lorenzetti. And then I woke up that morning at, like, 5 a.m., and my flight was canceled, so the whole trip just turned into an absolute disaster. And the reason we didn't have a podcast last week is because I lost my voice, and you can probably hear it right now. I'm still recovering from the flu. So, again, that's the, the reason we didn't have a podcast last week. But my entire trip just turned into, uh, into crap, which uh, wasn't ideal. But I, I later found out that Lorenzetti didn't even play due to a shoulder injury. Uh, I was going to fly out to see him this weekend. Uh, will not be doing so because uh, he is still recovering from the shoulder injury. So I stayed close to home and got my third in-game look at Kenneth Grant, uh, Mammoth 300-pounder. And so I was excited to go see Ken. Obviously, I, I've seen Kenneth many times, uh, including multiple times this fall, which I never really get a chance to see kids more than twice in a season. So, But I was really excited to see him because the last time I saw Kenneth, it was a completely non-competitive game. He only played like a quarter and a half. So I was like, "All right, this time I'll actually get a full in-game evaluation." It's a quarterfinal matchup, and then no, it did not happen. So I stood out there in the snow. Uh, we got the our our first snow here in Chicago land, which was exciting. Uh, so I stood out there in the snow and saw Kenneth Grant run around for two quarters. It was a quarterfinal game, and they ran the clock in the second half. Uh, on, on the mercy rule because Merrillville was up like 35 uh heading into the third quarter. But anyway, I uh, only got to see Grant play for a half, but he was his usual dominant self. Uh, he's actually recovering from an ankle injury, was in a walking boot. Uh, I saw a picture of him in a walking boot actually uh, before the game, and I messaged him. I was like, dude, are you playing in this game because I'm about to drive out there? And he was like, yeah, it's just precaution. So, But still, he he's still playing through an ankle injury and... If you look at some of the clips I posted on Twitter, I mean he was completely dominant. Uh, he looks so good moving at his size. We've talked about Kenneth over and over. Uh, but to be six foot five, three hundred and forty pounds, to to move like that and and look like a dancing bear, I think is a big plus. I've mentioned this before, but he carries 340 pounds pretty well. Uh, I think you know, I don't think he's gonna need that much shaping up in the strength and conditioning program. Obviously, he will uh need the the C program but i i don't think he's you know a guy that needs to go a long ways uh i think he's uh you know going to be ready to make an early impact and he's not just a guy you know a lot of times you talk about uh noses that are 340 pounds and they're just run stuffers and you know they take up multiple blockers and allow linebackers to make plays it's not like that with ken like He's a guy that also plays the five tack. He he's a great pass rusher. You don't have to take him off the field on third downs. He has an excellent swing move, great uh great spin move, just uses his hands really well. Uh his feet are great. Uh so I think Michigan's getting, you know, a, a dynamic player at the nose and a guy that fits the scheme really, really well. Uh <laughs> this will probably be my last time seeing Kenneth, which which sucks. I obviously really enjoyed seeing him, but I wish I could have seen him in a more uh, competitive game. But yeah, he he had a handful of tackles. He ragdolled a kid. He had a sack. So uh, Merrillville off to the state semifinals this weekend. Uh, if you're wondering, he if Merrillville loses this weekend, he will be at the game against Ohio State if they win, uh, Merrillville will likely be playing it on that day. So he will not uh, be able to make it. And it, that's something to watch with a lot of kids. Like, yeah, even you commit Jimmy Rolder, he could be playing for state on that day. Dante Moore is, is not going to visit potentially for the Ohio state Michigan game because he, uh, he should be playing for a state title game that weekend at Ford field. Uh, if, if he does move on uh, with a win this weekend. So uh, well you know, a lot of state title games, a lot of playoff games are on the same day as Michigan, Ohio State. So that's something to watch. So Ken's going to try to make it out. It just depends on whether he's playing or not. Uh, on Saturday, after my flight got canceled, I made black backup plans and uh, drove down to uh, Kankakee to see uh, 2023 priority target Jair Hill, fast-rising defensive back. Uh, is one of the state leaders in interceptions. He's a junior Olympian in the 200-meter, plays fifth nationally. Uh, So he's a a great athlete that's kind of blown up and, and came out of nowhere, too, uh, you know, 2023 guys are just coming along, but he's a guy that didn't have any offers. And then September, he just slowly started to to pick up a lot of interest. I believe Illinois was the first school to offer. Uh, Michigan jumped in the mix. He's since uh, added offers from Michigan State, Penn State, um, and, and some others. So I saw Hill last month as well, since he's pretty close to me. Um, and he really, really impressed me. He's a guy that plays wildcat quarterback, running back, wide receiver, safety. can do it all, uh, and getting to see him again was great, too. I mean, he's a guy that fits exactly what Michigan is looking for uh, in their recent safety editions. We talked about Damani Dent comparing to Rod Moore. Jair Hill compares to Damani Dent and Rod Moore, so they're recruiting that type of guy for that position and having success. And if you guys remember, uh, Rod Moore uh, ran a really good 200 meter as well and and advanced to the Ohio State track meet. Damani Dent uh, is is really good on the track as well. And both, you know, uh, lankier safeties uh, that have a lot of athletic upside and speed. So Jair Hill uh, definitely fits that mold. He did battle through a calf injury for a lot of the game, but still made several tackles, scored a touchdown out of the running back position. Um, and even though he's not ranked right now, I'm telling you, Jair Hill is going to blow up into a national recruit. He's going to be a top priority for Michigan in 2023. I think this is a four-star, top 300 kid. Uh, you know, No-brainer there. He he really checks a lot of boxes. So, uh, yeah, it was great getting to see the local guys. Uh, I will be back out on the road this weekend. My plan right now is to fly to Nashville to see Miles Pollard. I have not had a chance to see him in-game this year. I saw him in-game last year. Um, He just, like I said earlier, visited Auburn. So interested to to gather more information on that. And then instead of flying straight back to Chicago, my plan is to fly to Detroit to see Aaron Alexander. I haven't had a chance to see him in-game. In fact, With Aaron Alexander, I've only seen him in a camp setting, so I'm really excited to actually see him play football. Um, He obviously tested really well at Michigan this summer, so excited to see him with pads on, and then I'll uh, make the drive back home to Chicago. So uh, that's my plan. Appreciate you guys for joining me. Uh, Head over to thewolverine.com. Like I said, right now you can subscribe for one year uh, at just $1. So take advantage of that offer. Appreciate it, guys. Have a great rest of the week.